Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. audience thank you so much for joining us today we have an amazing guest today we have miss krista grasso hi miss krista how are you doing today i am doing great how are you awesome i'm doing very well today so i'm going to step i'm going to step back and let you tell our audience all about who who you are and what it is that you do miss krista the floor is yours why thank you um so i'm a lean business consultant and what I really do is I help companies um, of all sizes, whether it be a solo printer, all the way up to I work with Fortune 10 and Fortune 50 companies. Um, and what I really help them do is figure out how they can achieve more by doing less, by leveraging uh, strategic planning, as well as lean practices. So the whole point is getting really super clear on the things that are adding the most value for your customers, the most profits for your business, and then pretty much eliminating anything else. Uh, everything else. So lean is all about eliminating what those value add activities are in your business, which offers and products and services are the ones that are making the biggest impact. And then really leaning out so that you can double down on what's working and eliminate any of the noise and distractions that's getting in the way of you helping your customers fully and realizing the most profitability in your business. Thank you very much, Ms. Chris. I, I was just about to ask you if you can break down the uh, lean business to us, and you just did. So thank you very much for that. And if you can let our audience know why is running your running your business lean so critical for them to move into the next level of their growth? Yeah, absolutely. If you think about that emerging stage, right? I call it emerging, but a lot of people call it startup. It's very much the spaghetti stage. 
you're kind of trying all the things. You're saying yes to all of the opportunities. You're really trying to find that product market fit. And as exciting as a stage of a stage of business as it is, it can also be a stage where you start to develop some habits of a lot of overwork and potentially overwhelm, where you are trying all the things, saying yes to all the things, wearing all the hats. <laughs> and when you really want to be able to take your business to that next level and you want to move out of emerging into the growth stage or you want to move out of the growth stage into the scale stage, it's really so important that you are focused on leaning out because that's what's going to let you build that sustainable business success. You don't want to constantly have to be on that hustle hamster wheel where you're just working around the clock and you feel like you can't ever step away from your business or it will all fall apart. And you really just want to get super clear on what are those things that are actually working. How can you double down on those and give those all of your focus and all of your attention? Um, and how can you get rid of anything that isn't that? Wow, thank you very much for breaking for breaking that down to us. And from going from the emerging to the next level, can you you mentioned three different levels. Can you let us? Can you give us more detail on those levels? So, because I want our audience to really understand and what level they're on, so they know what they, so they can pay attention more. So to okay, acknowledge where they are, so they can actually understand and have in their awareness the next level that they need to go to. Absolutely, and so I consider there to be four stages of business: emerge, grow, scale, and influence. And emerge is everywhere from when you're just starting with your business idea up through where you achieve profitability and product market fit. And so some businesses do this in six months, some businesses do this in two years. So there's no specific time scale to it. But really what you're trying to do is you're very much trying to figure things out. You're trying to figure out which offers to which people um, are going to be the right ones. And so you tend to try a lot of different things to determine what's focusing, uh, what's working. A lot of your focus tends to be more short-term. You're not always thinking really long-term and strategically in this stage because you're just trying to figure out what is it that's actually going to land to give my customer a ton of value and drive profitability for the business that fits with my unique skill set and what my company offers. And so there's a lot of experimentation in this stage. Um, there tends to be a lot of making things up as people go along. <laughs> Tend to kind of do a lot of things, wear a lot of hats. You definitely tend to work really hard in this stage, and that's where there's a lot of kind of hustle, hustle, hustle. Um, and you're typically, as the business owner, investing in the business yourself. It's frequently self-funded at this stage. If you're a small business, obviously different types of businesses may have outside funding. Um, but this is what mm -hmm. I call spaghetti stage. And your ultimate goal is finding that product market fit and getting to a place of profitability. And when you're in this stage, I think it's so important that you're trying to make sure when you're thinking about leaning out, it's really just are all of the things that I'm working on in this stage directionally aligned with the vision I have for the business. You're not going to have all the answers. You're not going to know all the things to do because that's the nature of the stage is to figure it out. But you always mm -hmm. want to make sure that the things you're focused on are at least directionally aligned with where you see the company going and where you want to take it. So mm -hmm. that's a merge. When you okay. move into growth, so growth is the opposite. So emerge is just you're doing all the things. Growth is almost a little bit of contraction. And then when we get into scale, it's back to expanding. And so when you're in the growth stage, you have product market fit now. You've achieved profitability. So you're starting to be able to reinvest in the business and be able to reinvest in yourself um, so that you're leveling up as a leader as well. This is what I call the stabilization stage, whereas emerge was more the spaghetti stage, <laughs> kind of throw everything against the wall <laughs> to see what sticks. <laughs> In grow, you know what's working, and you want to stabilize what's working. And so you're really getting clear on which are those things that are adding value, which are those things that are driving profits, which are the things that really help differentiate you in the marketplace. And you want to optimize those things. And this is where you really start thinking more long-term in building that real strategic lens into what you're doing. You figured out the short-term. <laughs> now you're starting to think, great, where can I take this? What can I do? Um, and this is where your offers start to get really clear and really focused. You have really specific target markets. You're not trying all the things 
and wearing all the hats. Now you know really what you do. You're very repeatable, and it's really clear for your customers. To me, these are the things that are so critical in growth when I think about leaning out is getting that clarity and that focus, not just for the business so that you're optimizing what's actually working instead of trying to do too many things, but so your customers know that you are the person to go to for a very specific thing, and there's no confusion for your customers. So this is where you're starting to build your processes and your systems. You're starting to build out a team typically at this stage. Um, and you're starting to move towards a little bit of working smarter instead of harder. Um, you really mm. want to get to that place where it's not so much hustle, hustle all the time. It's more how mm. can we do this more efficiently and more effectively? Can we put systems in place? Can we leverage processes? What should we be measuring that really matters that can drive the decisions that we make in the business? And so your goal in this stage is that real, reliable, predictable revenue. Um, you want that sustainable success. And to me, this is something that I call the PPV fit. So it's your passion, profit, value fit. So you've got product market fit and emerge. In Grow, you want to make sure that the things that you have out there are that perfect balance of passion, so the things that you're uniquely kind of skilled to do and that you're really passionate about profit, the things that are driving the most profitability for the business, not just revenue, but actual profitability in value, the things that your customers are just absolutely obsessed with. They get a tremendous amount of value about it, and you are like the go-to resource for what you do. So that's Grow. <laughs> I'll go through scale and influence a little bit quicker, but I think Emerge and Grow is where so many people are, so I really yes. wanted them to hear all that detail. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. Yeah, so scale is a little bit different, whereas growth, you were contracting a little bit, right? You were getting clear on what was working and eliminating the things that weren't. With scale, now you know what's working, so you want to expand upon that, and you want to amplify that. So at this point, you're really focused on leveling up. You're looking, at new, you're looking still at that long-term focus, but you're experimenting with some short-term things. You're expanding potentially into new markets, or you're adding new offers. You're getting more innovative, and you're very focused on customer-centric design. So what is it that our customers need from us, and how can we just way over-deliver on customer experience? Um, mm -hmm. At this point, you're really starting to build company assets. You've got playbooks in place. You've got everything is systematized. Um, you've got a total rock star team. Your company culture is definitely a work-smart culture. You probably still work really hard, but you're working very smart <laughs> in how you do things. All of your metrics are informing your decisions. You're definitely reinvesting still in the business and yourself, but at this point you're also investing in your team and trying to help them level up. And this is what I call the amplify stage. Um, and the goal of this stage is really to amplify your impact and your profitability. And you want to build a company that I call is built to last. Like you just know that mm -hmm. this company is going to be around. You're solid and you're in that true scaling, kind of taking over the world stage. <laughs> Um, and then influence is pretty self-explanatory, right? At this point, you are the one to watch. You are the market leader. You're kind of listening for um, and kind of setting and influencing what the next thing is, right? And so you're optimizing everything that you're doing. At this point, you have a full asset library. You're not just known for one thing. There may be one overarching thing that you're known for, but there's different things that you have. Um, you have a ton of brand recognition at this point, right? Sometimes at this point, mm -hmm. most often, the team tends to run the business, and the founder is more a strategic advisor. They're on the board. They're kind of the face of the company, off influencing others in the market space. <laughs> um, and this is what I call that thought leadership stage. And the mm -hmm. goal of this one is you're looking to inspire change to an industry or really be a market leader. Mm -hmm. So those are my four stages of business from my experience over the past 20 plus years. I know everybody has their own stages, but this is what I see at each of those stages. No, thank you for breaking those down to our audience so now they can better place themselves because if you know and understand where you are, then you have a better chance of, if you know, understand, recognize, and acknowledge where you are, then you have a better chance of being able to go through and 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 reach the next level, the next stage of your business. But if you're just thinking that you're the influencer and you're you're still in the 
so you're still in the first stage, you, you kind of miss some steps there. So. <laughs> so it's so true. And going back to your question you asked before, like why is your running your business lean so critical for next level growth? One of the things I see business owners do a lot that's a mistake is they tend to jump straight from a merge to scale and they skip the mm. growth stage. So they never contract right? They never optimize what's working and eliminate all the noise and the waste in their business. And they go straight Mm -hmm. from wearing all the hats and doing all the things into expanding and amplifying that. And what ends up happening is they have a business that's not only super overwhelming and not sustainable for them and their team if they build a team to sustain, but it's really confusing for your customers. They aren't quite sure what you're doing. You've got different launches all the time or different products all the time, and you're not like the go-to person for one thing because you kind of skip the growth stage where you really stabilize everything and kind of carve out your place Mm. in the market. Yeah, right. And then you end up not knowing, then as a business, you end up not knowing who your audience is because you never defined yourself to your audience. So now you have a patch of an audience here and a patch of an audience here because you decide to just skip a a, a level. And now you're sitting here like, well, why am I getting any sales? Because nobody knows what you do. Or you're on the revenue roller coaster where it's like you have this phenomenal month and you're like, I killed it. I just did $250,000 in sales. Yes. And then the next month you're like, "Uh, I better release something because I don't have anything coming in right now. You've completed your major project. You made it. Now it's time to post it on your website and share it to Instagram and send to your contacts. But if posting your creation everywhere includes reformatting, resizing, re-downloading, and re-uploading, you need Issue. Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials to magazines to flip books and brochures and more. Make it once and distribute it everywhere without reformatting. Your content is already optimized for engagement and ready to share. And you can start using Issue for free. They also offer premium features that give a more customized experience. So get started with Issue today for free, or if you sign up for a premium account, you will get 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use promo code success. That's I-S-S-U-U dot com slash podcast. And use promo code SUCCESS at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code SUCCESS. And it's, you don't want that, right? You want that reliable, predictable revenue, which you absolutely can get to when you take the time to do what's needed in that growth stage and you actually lean out. Thank you. And, and again, thank you, Ms. Crystal, for breaking that, breaking those down because I honestly believe it's, it's really important for a business to know where they are so that, they, that way they can, once it's in their awareness and they acknowledge it, they'll be able to make that next move. So my, my next question for you, Ms. Crystal, is what, what, what was your first business? It says that you're a serial entrepreneur. What was the first business that you ever started, and what even got you into the entrepreneurial role to begin with? So I always, always wanted to do my own thing. And back when I was in school, I was, I was very big into arts, and I used to sell art projects, and I used to sell jewelry, and I would do all of this stuff, and I just kind of always wanted to do my own thing. And so the first official business that I had, I actually, this will show how old I am, but I I opened up coffee shops in Connecticut, and I was one of the first people to ever introduce cappuccinos and lattes and espressos and Americanos and specialty drinks. Before that, it had just been regular coffee. Flavored coffee wasn't even really a thing then. And I opened up the first ever drive-through coffee uh, place in Connecticut, which was an old photo booth. Um, if anybody remembers back to the drive-through photo booths, I converted one of those into a coffee shop. Um, it was the first drive-through coffee shop in the state of Connecticut. And so this has taken us way, way, way back to the 90s. I was, I was a teenager. <laughs> I did this when I was 16. Um, <laughs> and I loved those businesses. I had them for quite a while. 
um, but I ultimately had wanted to finish college, and I really felt it was so important to get a business degree and really kind of learn what I didn't know so that I could very successfully run businesses. So I eventually moved away from those. And then um, my next business was a jewelry business that I launched um, and had for several years. And then I rebranded, and I still have the jewelry business today. It's Chris Cara. We're going on our eighth year in October um, as under the Chris Cara name. Yeah, and so I have that. And then I have my other um, lean-out method, which is my, my core business today. But I do... With Chris Cara, I'm still the designer and the visionary, and then my team does uh, the day-to-day, which is great. Awesome. So you, I love it that the it's like you, you know we're when you're you're a 16 year old that has opened up coffee shops. You know business is life for you. You know you're destined to just do your own thing because no 16 year old thinks that way. <laughs> I've kind of always just been um, innovative. Like, I don't know if you've heard of the fascination advantage. It's one of the personality mm-hmm. things. But one, my, my dominant thing is innovation. And so that's just me. <laughs> I just tend to always look and I'm like, you know what would be really great? Everybody sells this drip coffee. Well, what about flavored coffee? In California, they have all of these flavored drinks. Why is nobody in all these specialty drinks? Why isn't anybody doing it on the East Coast? Let's do this. And so that just tends to be how my brain works. I'm always looking for the opportunity in a situation or in a market. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. And this jewelry is gorgeous, by the way. I just wanted to oh, let you know that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is my sanity, right? You know, it's running a business is great and wonderful, but we all need our creative outlets. And being the entrepreneur that I am, I can't seem to have something that's just a hobby. I have to somehow turn it into a business. So that's my creative outlet. (laughs) Well, isn't that the best way to enjoy what you do is to actually do what you love? I agree fully, and I don't think people have to pick one thing. I am a big fan of people pursuing multiple passions. There is absolutely a way to do it. I think I'm proof that, you know, it can be done, as are a lot of my clients, but you do have to just be super intentional with what you invest your time and your money in, and that's kind of part of what I talk about in leaning out, but intentionality is just such a big piece of it because when you have multiple passions or you run multiple businesses, it can get easy to either be overwhelmed or to really confuse your customers if you have it all in one business. So you just have to be really intentional and really lean in what you do. All right. Thank you very much, Krista. So 16, have your own shop. You decided to go back to college. Now you have your jewelry shop. You have you have the the lean out method now what brought you what brought you to the lean out method like how did you how did you break it down or what what happened for you that led you to okay i need to create a method for me to be able to do this this and this and be intentional about what i'm doing mm-hmm. yeah so when i launched that jewelry business chris Carr, this was back in Oh, God, I don't know what year now, whatever eight years ago was. And uh, (laughs) at the time that I had launched it, when you had a fashion accessory brand like I had, the normal thing that you did was you would design your collections, you would pre-buy your collections, um, you would go to trade shows, you would have sales reps, and you would have showrooms, and the companies would come to the trade shows, they'd visit your booth, and they'd place an order, and you'd ship the order. And so it ended up being where it was a ton of investment of time, money, and risk up front um, for a hopeful return. And I had done all those things because that was what I thought that you should do in the type of business that I had. And right as I did all these investments and booked all of my first trade shows, and trade shows are anywhere from like $10,000 to about $25,000 each to show up at. So it's not a small investment, right? And so after I had done all of this, the market completely shifted and people stopped going to trade shows and people stopped uh, pre-buying product. They are uh, buying product that they uh, expected immediate delivery on. You could start to place pre-orders for products and just the entire market completely changed. And I saw so many business owners around me go out of business and I almost went out of business. I had all of my reps and all of my um, showrooms telling me, 
you need to take production and move it to China. You need to lower your prices. There's no more middle of the market. People aren't buying the way they used to. And I just, you know, I respect companies and whatever decision they make. But for me, it was so important that I keep production in the U.S. It was just for my core values and brand values, what I wanted. And I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to keep my business alive, and I'm going to figure out how to reduce my costs, improve my quality, and keep production in the U.S. And everybody told me I was crazy, um, <laughs> which is not uncommon. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm figuring this out. And one of the things that I had done for years as I consulted with these large, like Fortune 10, Fortune 50, Fortune 500 companies, and I helped them to lean out their businesses. Lean is a manufacturing uh, methodology that you know has been used since like the 30s, right? It's been used forever. And so I had helped these companies achieve all of these absolutely amazing results. And it just kind of struck me, why am I not using these practices in my own business? Like I can help another company achieve these results, and here I am doing all the things I would tell somebody not to do, assuming all the risk up front, spending a ton of money, kind of pre-planning things that I have no control over. And so why am I not applying these same lean and agile practices to my own business? And so that was kind of how the lean out method was born. And so I took what I was doing in the corporate space both in manufacturing companies as well as in software development companies, and said, how can I apply this to a product-based business? And then later I took it and said, how can I apply this to a service-based business? So coaches and consultants and content creators and educators could use it in their own business. Um, and those are the majority of my clients today. But I just took something that was working really well in one industry and figured out how to make it super applicable for a small business owner and a solopreneur and people in more of a service space as well as people who had a physical product. Awesome. Now there there was there was something that you said and thank you for that. Thank you. There's something that you said in there. You said I was I had this method for others but I wasn't applying it in my own business, but I was able to tell someone else how to do their business. So once once a business once you have a system for your business and you decide to start another business, is it can you take that same business and and move and that take that same system and use it in this business or use it in that business? Because a a lot of what I've come across is you have all these business owners that are saying, well, my business is different, my industry is different, my business, oh no, we can't do that here. You don't understand my industry. But if you have a if you have a business system that works, can you spread it across different companies? Absolutely, hundred percent. And I work with so many different types of companies, and I own different types of companies, and I've used it across <laughs> all of them. And I think the key is where things fall apart is when something's really overly prescriptive, and there's not a lot of flexibility in it. And those mm. sorts of systems or those sorts of models work very well when you have somebody that's all doing the exact same thing, right? It's designed for something like that. Whereas I created a method that's much more of a framework that's applicable to any type of business. Um, but I had to, you know, it, it took me a lot of years to get it there, right? And so, but it is something that's applicable to pretty much any type of business because it's a framework and it's not prescriptive. It tells you what to do. It tells you what to think about. It tells you how you want to strategically plan so that you are doing the things that are most important, but it doesn't tell you specifically in your business this is the most important thing for your business because context is critical in business. And the unique experiences, products, market, everything that you bring to the table, you have to be working within that context. Or else if I come in from the outside knowing nothing about your industry and say do this, you should not listen to me. Right? Like, don't ever listen to a method right. or a system that tries to assume it knows everything about your business. Um, you always, I think, want to find something that gives you that flexibility um, and that freedom to really apply it to your specific business. Thank you. Thank you very much. Because to me, having a, a system, I have. I have a digital marketing firm, but I also started a publishing company that I'm currently in the emerging stage. <laughs> 
I am determined to be rich. The middle class is not for me. I need news that cares about me. And not news that's going to scare me or make me mad at another people. I need news without politics. And I want news that will point me to the money. This is the news where it happens. The moments that change the world. These are the stories we need. The info that we care about. We only give you news that puts money in your pocket. And the news that gives us an advantage. This is the work that continues. Who we are today. And what we can become. Tomorrow. That's it. This is where news without agendas can lead us. Your wealth matters. This is why more perspectives make us stronger. And how our mission can inspire tomorrow this is journalism that helps the world we live in this is mexit news <laughs> you know and and in speaking with you and you talking about the different stages i'm still in the emerging stage with my digital marketing company as well so and that and that's why i was like it's, it's important to understand where you are so you know what you need to do and I've, and you have so many different business systems here and there and here and there and everyone and that sounds like everyone's like you have you can't you can't do this over here because it's, the industry is different but I just wanted to hear from an expert you know if you have a functioning system a system that works and that's profitable for you you can take that same system and apply it to a different business so like you said. You can't act, don't, if you're looking for specifics, don't ask someone who doesn't know anything about your industry. But if you're looking for that method that works, that business system, the framework, the skeleton, then yes, use that so you can build your business. So thank you very much, Ms. Krista, for breaking that down for our audience. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I mean, I just think it's so important, right? It's, you've got to find what works for you, but it's, you do want to leverage something that can help you accelerate your results, right? It's I think a lot of times, especially in the emerging stage, people feel like they need to go it alone or they feel like, you know, well, I'll invest in that later. But in doing so, they end up often slowing down or sometimes even, you know, com completely stopping their success. And so just find something that works no matter what it is and commit to it. Whatever it is that you choose to do, just really commit to doing it. And usually mm -hmm. you will see results enough that get you to a place where you can then invest in something different if that wasn't the end state for you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ms. Trista. I have another question for you. So what scaling secrets have you found uh, working with multi-million dollar businesses that entrepreneurs should be using that we're not using? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few, but I'll start with just a couple. Um, so one, most companies, everything that they do, they make sure it's strategically aligned. They've got their strategic objectives. They are very clear on what their you know mission, vision, values are. They know where they're going. They know what their strategic objectives for a particular year is. Usually they even have it for a longer horizon. And they're very intentional with the work that they choose to invest in, um, in making sure that it's strategically aligned. And I think that that's so important. And sometimes what I see in small businesses is they'll have a vision and they'll set goals. And then they do a whole lot of stuff. But the stuff that they do doesn't actually support the vision and goals. And so it's great that they have the vision and goals, but if your day-to-day -day activities aren't in support of the vision and goals, you have a disconnect. And that connect is so important. In the companies that I consult with, the Fortune 10, Fortune 500, and such companies, they do, I think, the successful ones, a really nice job of making sure that the things that they choose to invest in and do are those things that are strategically aligned and are going to deliver on their overall uh, goals for the business. Um, another thing that I see in companies, and I'm seeing more and more companies do this, and I think it's so important, is they invest in innovation. And I think that okay. as small business owners, we frequently get so busy working in the business that we don't make the time to work on the business. And sometimes mm. we're just trying to keep our heads above water and aren't even thinking about innovation. <laughs> and I mean, one of the companies that I consulted with is a 30,000 employee company. And they wow. invested in most of their staff to take two weeks every 90 days to invest in innovation. And if you mm. think about how much money 
That is that they put in. Those people aren't working on other projects. They aren't doing other things. They're investing in innovation. Like that is huge, but that is why that company is one of the top market leaders in their space because they're always thinking about how can we take what we currently have and make it better, and how can we bring that next thing to market that our customers might not even know they need yet, but that is going to be the thing that they absolutely need. And so creating that protected space for innovation and making sure that you're carving out that time to work on the business just as you're working in the business are probably my top two that I see that I think would be so important and so applicable for small business owners. Thank you. Thank you very much. That investing in innovation, you were right. We get so we get so caught up in just building a business to get to that first sale. We never think about innovation because things change so rapidly. We don't even that's not even a thought in our head and we miss it and by the time we are up and running we miss the one thing that would have really just taken our businesses and and elevated them. Yeah, it is important. And when you're in the early days of emerging, you're probably not thinking about innovation unless you went into business with a very innovative idea that you're experimenting mm -hmm. and testing out, right? But once you mm -hmm. move into grow, and certainly by the time you're in scale, you should absolutely be creating that space and constantly be looking at innovation and looking at those mm -hmm. improvements and things that you can do to make things better. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Krista. I have one more question for you, and I, I understand that having a team is important, and especially those who have different skill sets. But how do you how do you build a high performing team that's just like you? Well, not just like you, but a high performing team that's just as passionate about your business as you are. Yeah, so I think one of the very most important things that any business owner can do, no matter what stage of business that you're at, is start with defining a really clear vision and a really clear end state for your business. And it's just, I don't mean a vision statement, I mean that like vivid mental image of where you see your business in the future. And as you're hiring and as you're trying to build out your team, you want to make sure that the people that you bring on are 100% behind and in alignment with that vision. Right, you. That's how you build a really high-performing team, and how you build that team who's super passionate and like just as passionate about the business as you are. But it starts with first painting that picture, and then making sure that the people that you bring in are aligned with that, completely behind that, and are a good fit for your culture of your business, how you work. Um, just making sure that it's all around a fit. I think over skill. What I see so many people do is they're like, oh, I need somebody to do this. And so they'll try to find somebody who has that skill, and they find somebody which is great, so they bring them on, but they never were thinking about, am I going to work style-wise align with this person? Are we going to be a good fit together? Um, are they going to mm -hmm. be a good fit with the rest of the team? Does it fit mm -hmm. our company culture? Do they share some of the same values and beliefs that we do? When I think about the vision I have for my company, do they share that same vision? Does it align with things that they're passionate about as well? Like do they want to help people? Do they want to, you know, whatever it is. And so mm -hmm. I think to me skill is important, but skill can be taught. Fit and passion for your vision, those aren't things that can be, that can be taught. You either got it or you don't. And so that's where I think when you're making those higher decisions, you have to really make sure that those are high priority and something that you're interviewing for as much as, if not more so, than skill. Awesome. Thank you very much, Ms. Christy, because I, I know, I, <laughs> just from personal experience, I used to be that person that no one's going to do it like I do it, so I'm just going to do it all by myself. And I've learned that it's the worst decision you could ever make when you're building a business. Because <laughs> like you said, when you start off in the emerging part, you are the person that does it all, but you can't do it all in the aspect of I'm the only one that knows how to do it. So thank you for breaking down to us how you build that high-performing team that's just as passionate as you are. Yeah, I mean, you train them to basically be a mini-you, right? And 
So you want, you want to bring people in, honestly, that are going to do things just as well as, if not better than you. Because you as a business owner want to work in your zone of genius. You want to do that thing that makes you uniquely you that frequently as small business owners and entrepreneurs, it's the thing our entire business is built around. And so the time that you're spending doing the graphics and doing like the, the newsletter or the other things that aren't the profit-producing activities or those things that align with your unique skill sets and zone of genius are things that are actually hurting the profitability of your business. And I think right. people think that your currency of time in emerging is, well, I can do it. I'm not going to invest in this right now because I'm not making a lot of money, so I'm just going to do it. But you're actually keeping yourself from taking your time and putting it on the real profit-producing activities and the things that differentiate your business. <laughs> So find those passion people and then train them up to either do things as well as you or ideally do things far better than you could because you're going to keep your genius work. So the other right. things that you're having them do isn't, aren't going to be your genius things. Right. And there's something that you said that I think a lot of entrepreneurs fear but don't realize that it's actually a blessing in disguise for them is the better than you part. Find someone that can get that does what you do or better than you. I don't think we understand how important that is because, like you said, you're the business owner. You want to you want to always perform in your genius level, but you're not. If you're not a genius in creating a, a marketing campaign, find someone who is or better than you at it and let them do that. And I think that's what we fear because we fear someone's going to come in and take over our company. So to those entrepreneurs, what would you tell them regarding finding, allowing that team, that team member to be better than you in that area? Yeah, if you think about what your role really is as a business owner, you're a visionary leader. Your role is to be that visionary leader for the company. And what you want to do is you want to set that vision and you want the people who are part of your team to fully get behind that vision and do whatever they feel is the best way to make it a reality. You get veto power, right? If someone's like, I think we should do this, and you're saying, no, that does not align at all with where I want to take the company, right? You get veto power on it. But you're intentionally building a team and hopefully building a team of complete rock stars, really smart, talented people. You want to give them the space and the freedom and the flexibility to achieve that vision in a way that they think makes the most sense as long as they're doing it within whatever kind of, I call them the bumpers, right, whatever bumpers that you give them so that they know that, you know, outside of this isn't going to be in alignment with the vision that I have for the company, but within these bumpers, go ahead and figure it out. And the it's going to be super uncomfortable in the beginning, and people aren't going to get it completely right in the beginning. They're going to make mistakes, and it's not going to be the way that you would have done it or the way that you would have wanted it. But the more you let them do that and they have the confidence that you're going to let them try something, and it's okay if it's not perfect because you're going to give them feedback and they're going to get better at it, um, you'll find that people are just so committed to getting the results that you're looking for that they are going to go all in on making your business a success in the same way that you do. And it's so fulfilling as a business owner when you can truly step back and be the visionary leader and know that your team and the individuals are going to come together and just make magic happen in your business. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ms. Krista. So what is the one thing that no matter what, every business, if you if you just had, if someone asked you in a quick, in a session and you were running to get on a plane and they're like, can you just help me, Ms. Krista, what's the one thing that you would tell them that is the most important thing when building their businesses? Yeah, and so even though I'm a very process and planning and kind of get things done kind of person, the one thing that I would tell you to do is define that vision. And I, mm. I call it a next-level vision. And to me, it's look as far into the future as you can see today and know that your vision is going to evolve and it's going to grow as you and your business evolves and grows. So don't worry if you don't have it all figured out. My first vision was just to make enough that I didn't have to have a nine-to-five, right? Like it's like your vision gets very big and very different over time. Um, but just set that vision for as far into the future as you can and think about three different facets. Where do you see your business at that point in time in the future? What's it known for? You know, Just think of all of those different things related to the business. 
where do you see yourself? Like what's your life and your lifestyle like? Because I see so many people build a business that doesn't align with the actual lifestyle that they want, and then they end up not happy in it or it just doesn't work. So think in that future is what is the business like? What is your life and lifestyle like? And the third piece that so many people miss that I think is critical is what are your customers like in the future and what do they need from you in the future? And if you can create what I call that next level vision and you always keep that top of mind, it's going to make it a lot easier to not get overwhelmed, to not overwork, and to make sure that the things that you're doing are the right things because you're always running it through the filter of, is this right based on where I see everything in the future, based on where I see my business, myself, and my customer? Does this make sense to actually do? Um, And if I gave a second tip... (laughs) it would be to then take that vision, the longer-term vision, and break it down into a 90-day goal. So you can not only answer the question, is it the right thing, but you also layer in, is it the right thing right now? And if you can Mm. answer both of those questions, it really does help you lean out and get very focused on what matters most right now as opposed to feeling like you need to do all the things and say yes to all the things when you really don't. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ms. Krishna. If you can please let our audience know how they can find you and where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to leanoutmethod.com, that's where you'll find my website. And I do a master class pretty regularly where I dive deep in all of this and I teach you how to do a next level vision and how to build a 90-day plan and all of that. And if that's something that interests you, um, just go to leanoutmethod.com slash masterclass. You can find all the info for that. It's completely free, and it's pretty epic. Most people say it's more valuable than most of the things that they've paid for and invested in. But I really do want to help business owners build that business that truly leads to sustainable success where they can grow without completely killing themselves and working 24 by 7. Mm. Okay. Thank you very much, Ms. Krista. Do you have any final words for our Secrets to Success audience? I mean, when I think about secret to success, it's two things. Consistency, which you hear all the time, right? Just keep on going and keep doing things. But I think consistency is not enough. There's a lean concept called Kaizen. It's one of the pillars, actually, of the Lean Out Method, but it means small, continuous improvement. So I think in business, when you want success and you want that true secret, it's consistency plus Kaizen. It's doing things and consistently doing and just making that commitment to keep going forward, but also constantly looking for those small continuous improvements so you're adapting what you're doing so that it's always adding value and it's always adding profitability. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I hope each and every one of you have been taking major notes. I have been taking notes. I hope you were taking notes as well. Thank you, Ms. Krista, for joining us today for the Secret to Success podcast. We will make sure that we put all of the information so that way you can follow Ms. Krista and join her in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming out, ladies and gentlemen. Have an amazing day. I'm not sure if you already know this, but you're already absolutely perfect. You're already absolutely great. And you're already living in massive abundance. The most important things that you have is not what you have. It's not what you do. It's what you know. Because the people who do know what you need to know to leave the middle class, they're in the top 1%. And they control 96% of the world's income. 97% of this world is trading time for money. And that is not the way to become rich. It's not the way to become wealthy. And it is absolutely not the way to leave the middle class. There are 7.8 billion people in the world right now. And they all want to learn how to make money and how to leave the middle class. But the way to become a master at anything is to learn all the rules and then bend them to your favor. Right now in this world, there are 2,057 billionaires. Right now. So if you think becoming a billionaire is is impossible, that's 2,057 people that have already proved that impossibility incorrect. And if you think that's crazy, there are 46.8 million millionaires in the world, worldwide right now. Now think about that. 46.8 million millionaires, and that number grows 1,730 millionaires every single day. Money is everywhere. You don't need to max out your credit cards. You don't need to borrow from granddad and grandma. Just look behind me. Look at all the wealth sitting behind me in this junkyard. It's insane. 
how much money is everywhere. And you don't need to go out there and beg, bar, and steal to get it. You just need to know the rules of making money and how to leave the middle class. Essentially, all you need to know is the algorithm of making money, the rules of making money. All you need to know is what to do and how to do it, and you can leave the middle class. Any industry, yoga, golf, underwater basket weaving, clipping fingernails, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is know how to do it, how to get it done, and then find somebody to teach you how to do it, how to get it done, and you will be able to leave the middle class. If you're not getting my point, it's real simple. Whatever you have up here, as long as you understand the rules of leaving the middle class, as long as you understand how to get money, you can take what's up here and get wealthy for what you already have. Right now, the very thing you know up here is already being searched a thousand times a second on Google. Someone right now, actually 1,730 people right now, are gonna become a millionaire from the stuff that you have in your head. Why can't this be you? I mean, it's 1,730 people with your ideas that are no better than you, that are gonna leave the middle class, become a millionaire. Why are you not next? So how do we do this? How do we take what you know and apply it to objective money-making secrets and then allow you to leave the middle class? How do we take you from where you are and let you escape to where you wanna go? So how do we make all this money or take all this knowledge from the Warren Buffers, from Elon Musk, how do we take everything that everyone before you has done and how do we take all of that and then put it in your head so you can leave a legacy for your family? My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. 32 years ago, I lived in a trash can. That's right, from six to 14, I had no running water, no electricity, no anything, and somehow I'm in the top 1% today not because I had the right background, not because I had a silver spoon in my mouth, simply because being homeless made me learn how to make money. I retired when I was 29 years old. I'm more than likely younger than you. I'm one of the top 1% income earners in one of the richest countries in the world. What I learned how to do when I was six years old was learn how to generate enough money to eat some cookies so I wouldn't die to death from starvation. From there, I learned how to go from cookies to a meal from a meal to clothes, to clothes, to shelter, to everything else that supplied my necessary needs. When I was six, I was forced to learn how to make money, and now that's what I'm gonna do and help you do. I've seen amazing results. I have my own economy, I've homeschooled my own children, and I wrote a book that teaches you every single thing that I know about making money, every single thing that other people know about making money, and most importantly, all the stuff that we don't tell you. Because the truth is, and you know it like I know it, the most honest, the most hardworking, unselfish people on planet Earth live in the middle class. Yet, your honesty, your unselfishness, your devout religion going self is not enough to get to the top 1% and that's not fair. The second half of my life has been not about how much money I make, but how I will be remembered from all the money that I have made. And I've been trying to teach everybody how to get out the middle class. I'm the crazy guy famous on the internet for trying to create 100,000 millionaires. I've created eight so far. I got a ninth one on the way, all the way from India. That's pretty cool. And what I want to tell you is something very simple. It's been hard. It's been absolutely hard to help people leave the middle class, not because of the people, because the system would rather keep you being someone else's money instead of you having your own economy and having the money come find and flow to you. It was frustrating because I knew that anybody can make money. And if you knew what I knew, you would change your life. Over the last few years, I built a large following of over half a million people every month that pay me to actually, for me, to give them advice. Well, that's been exciting for me. And the cool thing is, I've created thousands of six-figure earners. I've created millionaires. I've created people who can live their dreams and hold on to their legacies. And now my eyes are on you to create you to what you need to be great. I have been teaching my principles and these principles to hundreds of thousands of people around the world, every country, 
all continents, and anyone who has taken them seriously, written them down and applied them, have a 100% success rate of leaving the middle class. I've taught these secrets to my following and my inner network, and I've watched them go from four figures to five figures, five figures to six figures, seven figures all the way to eight. Everything that I've ever learned Everything I've ever learned from millionaire mentors, billionaire mentors, and everything I learned from being homeless, and everything that got me into the top 1%, I have placed inside of a book. To date, it is the longest book that I've ever written, the most best book that I've ever written, and that book is called The Richest Man and the Trash Can, and I'm offering it to you today for free. This book is gonna show you how to become wealthy into the top 1% and leave the middle class. This book is gonna give you a step-by-step -step plan if you're 30 years old, all the way to 70 years old, how to get into the top 1%. If you're a teenager, how to get to the top 1%. If you're a millennial, how to get to the top 1%. It's gonna teach you how to make six figures immediately, teach you how to get to a million dollars immediately, and all that good stuff, plus I'm gonna give you the 36 objective laws of leaving the middle class, plus I'm gonna give you every last one of my secrets that have made me rich. You have to understand that leaving the middle class is the most important fight that you're gonna have in your life. And to be honest with you, you can kind of relate to this, it almost takes $450,000 a year just to be broke in America. And that's just in America. If you don't leave the middle class, which is actually an illusion, then you are gonna have a really hard time. Think about it for a second. Some of, most of you are gonna be watching this are gonna be baby boomers, and you've been sold a bad check. They lied to you. Your retirement was not enough for you to live comfortable, and I'm gonna give you this book for free so you can figure out how to triple your retirement and then quadruple your retirement, and then as Grant Cardone would say, 10 extra retirement so you can live the life that's worthy of you. I want you to remember that leaving the middle class is the most important battle that you could ever face in your entire life, especially for your family. So consider this video, this book, your friendly tap on the shoulder. I wanna send you a free copy of this book because I believe that abundance is your birthright. I believe that abundance is freedom. And I believe that this book is right for you. In fact, I believe in that so much that I will send you the book for free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. I'll eat the cost, I'll take the loss, and all you have to do is get the book and dominate your reality right now and apply the principles so you can be the best person for your life that is yours. Fill out the form sitting right there to the right. Go ahead, dominate your reality. I can't wait to send you my book. I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to have you as someone that's been on the journey with me. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plant better. You can dominate. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world not making money the pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire i came really close so the pandemic was a blessing it was hiring people and get this everybody i had 48 job positions open during the pandemic 22 dollars an hour with paid training and i could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions, $22 an hour, paid training, and I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True. But it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter, and that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. 
Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.